This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. FITS, the Technology Policy Division of the Financial Services Roundtable, recently named Paul Smoser its new president, a position Smoser takes on as the financial services industry faces new and challenging security concerns in the wake of growing use of emerging technologies such as mobile banking. What expanded role does BITS hope to play in the coming year as financial security concerns mount? And how does Smoser see the organization taking on more leadership in the industry? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Today we hear from Paul Smoser, who shares his thoughts about the state of financial security, fraud, and the strengthening and growing role of BITS. Paul, you've been involved with BITS for a number of years. Taking on the role of president doesn't really come as a surprise, given your background in the financial services industry, as well as your history with BITS. Can you give our audience a little background about BITS and how you've seen the organization evolve as well as change since you first got involved with the Financial Services Roundtable? Sure, Tracy. I'd be glad to. Uh, BITS is an organization that is a subsidiary of the Financial Services Roundtable, so it serves 100 of the 150 largest financial institutions in the United States as its members. So it's got, obviously, a broad coalition of membership across various financial services industries. Members include banks, insurance companies, securities firms, payment processors, etc. So it's a great place to form collaborative relationships dealing with some of the key issues that the industry faces. And I think in terms of its mission, it's well known not only to those members, but in a broader sense to the industry as a whole, given the history that it's had and the work that it's done in the past and work, obviously, that we will continue to do going forward. And, Paul, what initiatives do you deem to be priorities for BITS in the coming year? Well, I'd first answer that question by noting that as a membership-driven organization, our priorities are the priorities of our membership. And certainly in that sense, our concentration on cybersecurity issues, fraud prevention issues, uh, and to a large extent, the regulatory and legislative environment are ones that we see continuing going forward. In terms of what I'd like to accomplish in the relatively near future, uh, BITS has always been an organization that also tries to collaborate with other industry associations and leaders in the industry. And I'd certainly like to strengthen that collaboration for a couple of key reasons. Uh, One, our members are often members of those other organizations as well, and I think it serves our members best when we collaborate and focus on important issues in the same way and not use resources uh, as two distinct organizations, two or more distinct organizations trying to address the same key issues. Uh, second, I think uh, there's certainly a lot of expertise uh, in other associations, uh, and it's important that I think we leverage as much knowledge as we can to solve the industry's issues. So in a broad sense, though, that's probably a top priority. Secondly, we're doing a lot of work, as you may know, around the question of launching uh, a financial top-level domain, uh, one or more of those, We are working cooperatively with the ABA in that effort, and it looks like we are going to move forward, uh, continue to move forward with the idea of creating one or more top-level domains that will serve the financial services industry. 
we believe that serves the community uh, in a broad sense in terms of making sure that a top-level domain that is primarily for financial services is one that is secure and resilient, uh, making sure that the organizations that get to uh, exist in that domain are legitimate organizations, and frankly, protecting in many cases uh, the naming rights of our members and other financial institutions uh, to make sure that um, what gets put in that domain is put in in a way that cost-effectively protects their rights in that space. So, you know, probably two key areas. Uh, adding a third, I would say uh, one of the things that we'll be looking at is how effectively uh, the industry and we are doing information sharing. I think that's a key emergent uh, area, both information sharing within the industry, between institutions, between the industry and the government sector, the public-private partnership, and even more broadly uh, between the industry and other sectors that play a key role in helping to protect our ecosystem. And I wanted to ask a little bit about fraud prevention and security, and of course that falls in line with the need for more op open communication. Where do you see fraud prevention and security falling in those priorities that you mentioned? Well, I think they're, I didn't mention them specifically, but they're clearly intertwined uh, throughout that whole arena. Uh, cybersecurity uh, is something that has been important to us. Fraud prevention has been something that's important to us. And I don't see our concentration on that diminishing as we move forward in any way. Uh, I think, you know, as I think about the collaboration, as I think about the work that BITS does, and I think about the collaborative work that BITS does both with its members and uh, across the industry, you know, I think it's really important that we continue to focus on those two topics. I think we see a uh, cyber criminal community that is very organized, and I think it's consequently important that we, uh, on the defensive and offensive side, fighting cyber crime and cyber fraud, uh, certainly get as organized as possible around those topics. And as we look at emerging technologies such as mobile banking and the ongoing and growing threats financial institutions continue to face when it comes to social networking sites and online banking, how do you see BITS playing a more dominant or present role in financial services and security education when it comes to some of those emerging technologies? Well, in particular around social networking, uh, we actually just issued a paper not all that long ago uh, that's available on our website. It's a public-facing paper, so anyone who cares to uh, get a copy of it is free to go out to our website and grab a copy of it. Uh, we put that paper together with a recognition from our members that uh, the whole area of social networking and social media uh, was clearly an emergent area uh, and clearly an area where we needed to think about risks and mitigants to those risks as we move forward. Uh, so that's one example of the kind of work that we do uh, working with our members. Excuse me, trying to get some clarification with regard to emergent threats, uh, things that are starting to grow. Mobile banking is another one you mentioned. We are currently in the midst of a project uh, developing mobile banking security standards. This is a project that we're working with not only with our members, but uh, in some cases, other sectors as well, 
that relate to the ecosystem of mobile banking. Uh, so again, you know, I come back to the collaboration piece. Uh, if you think of mobile banking, there is certainly an aspect of it that relates to the financial services industry, but there are aspects of it that rely on other sectors as well, such as telecom. And it's important that we collaborate across the sectors that are involved to make sure that not only is security built in from the perspective of financial services, but security is built into the ecosystem. So you know, it's a pretty clear message both from uh, our members and from the expertise we have on staff uh, where some of these areas are emergent that we need to collaborate to make sure that uh, we're doing the best we can in terms of making it secure uh, and effective for not only the financial institutions but for their customers as well. Now, regulatory compliance, of course, has been a big concern for many financial institutions, especially given the fluctuating state of the economy. Paul, how do you see BITS playing a role when it comes to stronger education, helping institutions better understand and figure out more efficient ways that they can attain regulatory compliance while also dealing with shrinking budgets? Well, I think it actually starts before the education phase in, in that case, Tracy. Uh, BITS has always been active in working with the regulatory agencies, maintaining contacts with the regulatory agencies, and creating a bridge between our members and the agencies to exchange thoughts and information. So when you think of, of how regulation comes about, uh, there's obviously first some consideration from the agencies with regard to areas where they might issue regulation, and we try in that case uh, to make sure that our members' voices and input is heard as the regulators think about what the regulation might look like. Uh, we often issue comment letters to proposed regulations uh, where we work with our members to build consensus around uh, you know, what those comments should be, looking particularly at things like the cost of the regulation, the importance of the regulation, where that regulation may overlap with other existing regulatory guidance, et cetera. But once the regulators have actually gone to the point of issuing uh, regulation, uh, we serve a role in educating our members with regard to what is required under the regulation, what the impact is likely to be. Uh, we even do that, quite frankly, as we're starting to see the early formation, maybe before the regulation is actually officially issued. We're trying to give our members a heads up regard to uh, what the implications might be going forward. So that's always been a role I think we've played pretty effectively and one that we continue to play. Certainly, we've uh, also been heavily involved in the regulatory, uh, potential regulatory impact of the Dodd-Frank uh, area, the Dodd-Frank legislation. Uh, Dodd-Frank is going to have not only you know, pure financial services, but also technology implications. And we have a working group that's led by uh, BITS, uh, working with our members, looking at technology implications in that space. So uh, that's clearly been an area that we've been focusing on. And additionally, uh, maybe not part of your question, but we're also focusing much more on the legislative environment. Uh, there's been certainly a pickup uh, in terms of potential legislation that has been uh, introduced on the Hill and we're looking at that 
legislation and and working with our members in terms of educating them around the requirements and looking at what areas we as as our membership can support and which ones we might have some concerns about and communicating that as well. So I also wanted to ask about you mentioned Dodd Frank and I wanted to also ask about the FFIEC guidance. What role does BITS play in helping to educate and work with financial institutions where compliance with this new guidance is concerned, especially given that the requirements for minimum compliance, the deadline is approaching January 2012? And again, I would go back to what I mentioned earlier. We actually connected some of our members initially with the FFIC membership as they were considering the new guidance before it came out. Uh, since the guidance has come out, when it was officially issued, we actually went through a process of educating all of our members with regard to the new requirements, uh, particularly pointing out the changes from the prior guidance, uh, the enhanced requirements in some cases under the guidance, and we have been continuing to work with them, uh, particularly the, the cybersecurity folks, uh, in terms of implementation of the requirements, and we've also been working with the FFIC to kind of connect the members and the FFIC with regard to some of the challenges uh, with regard to implementation, in particular around the date. Uh, I think the area particularly of monitoring, though a lot of members were doing it, uh, you know, some of the new guidance uh, suggests maybe some enhancements in that space, and uh, I think most of the members were, if not all the members, uh, were in compliance with the old guidance. That new piece uh, is presenting a challenge to some smaller financial institutions, not necessarily uh, those that are in our membership, but again, trying to speak for the industry as a whole as opposed to just our membership in many cases. Uh, we've been working with the FFIEC in terms of what the challenges are in that space. And Paul, what do you see as being the top three to five most pressing issues banks and credit unions can expect to face in 2012, even beyond the guidance and maybe some of the budgetary issues that we've already discussed? Well, I think Dodd-Frank is going to bring a lot of change, obviously. Uh, both BITS and the Roundtable as a whole have issued more comment letters in any given period related to Dodd-Frank than we have historically in the past. Uh, in particular, I think from a technology perspective, Dodd-Frank is going to require a lot of additional data gathering and probably systems implementations with regard to uh, data gathering and data retention uh, that have historically not been there. So that's clearly going to be a big area. I think we'll start to see some more pointed guidance uh, with regard to mobile financial services. Uh, particularly mobile payments. I think that uh, the regulators today uh, probably feel that where it's at in its evolution, they've got some existing guidance, but what often happens is uh, where they believe they have existing guidance, but they see it at an intersection of a fairly new, expansive product space, they will very specifically begin to focus guidance around that particular product space. So they take the pieces of guidance that they have, they uh, combine them, they add some new guidance, and, and you end up with a new uh, piece of guidance, in this case, probably specific to mobile financial services. Um, 
you know, I think in, in terms of the third area, I think we'll probably see some additional guidance around uh, the social media space as well. Uh, that's beginning to emerge in terms of uh, usage by financial institutions. And so I think it's likely that we will begin to see some guidance in that space. Uh, now, beyond that, it, it's probably a question as to where the regulators want to go, but that's my sense at this point, certainly. And before we close, Paul, what final thoughts about your new role with BITS and security generally would you like to leave our audience with? Well, I'm certainly excited to have this new role. Uh, <clears throat> borrowing from the nomenclature of leadership studies, I, I think I would say that I see my role as a servant leader. Uh, my priority is to serve our members and more broadly the industry in terms of meeting their needs. I think the industry has done a very good job of collaborating around issues that are industry level and not competitive. And I think, you know, to, to continue to foster that is important. Certainly cybersecurity, as we talked about a little bit earlier, and fraud prevention are going to be two key areas that remain in this space. Uh, I think we will continue to collaborate with other organizations uh, that have specialties that uh, we may not have in terms of expertise. Uh, you know, in particular, there may be some additional work, I would think, going forward in the payments space with some other associations. But, you know, again, it's a very exciting role to be in. I think it's a very exciting time. I think we can uh, really make a difference in terms of uh, continuing to address these key issues, in, in particular cybersecurity. So very excited to, to have the role. Paul, I want to thank you again for your time today. You're welcome, Tracy. I appreciate the opportunity. Again, we've just heard from Paul Smoser of BITS. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.